Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Have we all, as collective Flyers fans, reached our breaking point? Is this the moment we all say enough is enough? Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. Oh, it is episode, the big one I've been waiting to say, episode 100 of Orange and Back Check. And it is the episode where we ask ourselves, do we strip it all away? Do we take it all down, rubble, ash, whatever you want to call it? The Philadelphia Flyers are a complete disaster, COVID or not. Do we have the end of of days of the Claude Giroux era, the JVR era, whatever it may be? We're going to get into this. But as always, across from me for 99 episodes, make it 100. Scott Weinhardt, what's going on, man? I can't believe we've done 100 episodes of these. Yeah, it's quite shocking that when we started this, you know, two and a half years ago, roughly that. We think when the Flyers are just going on the up and up with Elaine Vigneault, a new season, Carter Hart, the Kevin Hayes signing, all things we were talking about. They were, hey, this team has really got a really good future. And here we are, you know, two and a half years later and talking about next thing, you know, through a, through a pandemic, the team being an absolute disaster. It, it, it's it never envisioned it this way, but this is reality. This is where we're at. Yeah. But, you know, I got to admit, dude, it's been a blast doing 100 episodes with you. And oh yeah, I, I I I think it's perfect time to make this announcement. Um, even though we've done a hundred episodes, I wanted to wait to say. Um, unfortunately, you're gonna have to deal with me for another hundred more. Nah, so there we I, go. <laughs> yeah, there. And I was like, what's that <laughs> happening here? Yeah, yeah. no, no. I, I it, hmm. it's been a, it's been a, it's been a blast, man. So far, hundred episodes. Listen, you know, it it it, it they may not seem like a for our podcast, but it's a big deal. That's a lot of that's a lot of time that we've gone back and forth. Yeah, this, it's so at least a hundred hours plus, like that yeah. we invested into recording time don't talk about right. never mind the prepping and all that stuff and the yep. the booking of guests with dominic roussel sam carcitti and all those guys congratulations so to sam by the way for his retirement and well yes. he left the inquiry but now he's over at flyers hockey now i believe i'll get the exact title i just followed nice. them on twitter so he's he's still in the the business so that'll be good, he'll, good. hopefully he'll come back on the pod He's a good um, man. He's earned it. He's earned it. He, but you he, know, you know, you know, that's a good segue into what the hypotheticals that we're going to get into today, because we're talking about a rebuild. We're talking about the status of the Flyers. Um, and he's obviously been a proponent of the idea of cl- trading Claude Giroux. And we've started to pick up on rumors of that uh, from Elliot Friedman and the like, talking about the possibility of a trade by the trade deadline. Uh, of this season, obviously for Claude, it would have to be this season because his contract expires. But 
the other name that popped up was Provorov. And when you're talking about Claude Giroux and Ivan Provorov in a conversation like trade it trades to rebuild, to just strip it all down, like that is some weight, I think, especially coming from a guy like Elliot Freeman. He's in, he's connected. He's just like Sam. He's in the know. He knows his sources. They're trusted. Um, is it is it is it the I guess the main question I'll ask you is, is it the right time that we're at the point where we just say strip it all down? It's over. There's no nucleus here that you can build off of outside of maybe Carter Hart. But at this point, you could entertain offers for Carter Hart and just ride Felix Sandstrom or find someone in the draft. Martin Jones, maybe like it's just it's gotten to that point where everything's on the table uh, to a certain degree. Yes and no. I, I think that, okay, if you're talking from a, from a hockey standpoint, if you're talking about a total teardown, um, you're not going to go all Buffalo and just completely tank it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to go all Phoenix and do what they did and just completely trade away all of your assets and pick up first and just rebuild. You're not, you're, you're not there. I think you have enough in the pipeline to start building up more. I, it's, it sucks to say this because, you know, in all, and realistically, you know, but yes, Boston's still got four games in hand, but they're only five points out of a playoff spot. Like, it's yeah. crazy. Despite all this, we're talking about total teardown and rebuild. They're five points out of the wild card. Now, third in the division is out of reach and already. They're 16 points behind third place. So you're looking at the wild card. And even then, Pittsburgh has the first wild card. And they have 45 points. That's 12 points. So, you know, you're, you're, you're really going to have a bunch of teams fighting over that second wild card spot. But even though, even that's the case, I think – there's two things that are going to happen here going forward. Fans could look at this easily and say, this team's a disaster and it's time to move forward. I think internally they can look at this and say, you know what? We have enough here, but we can make a push. If we are, if we can get over this COVID protocol crap, get our guys back in. I still believe internally that the team thinks they can still do well enough. Now that doesn't mean you don't, you know, you're going to have to look at tour. You're going to have to start having those conversations. Now I guarantee Chuck Fletcher's, on the phone talking to people about packages for Claude Giroux. If Ivan Provorov is in, then you trade Provorov and Giroux. You're signaling to the fan base that, okay, this is not working. We're going to trade away our top defenseman. We're going to trade away our top player overall besides Sean Couturier and and really just start rebuilding this whole thing or retooling anyway. I don't know if the team is ready to do that. Those conversations are definitely being had right now because if they can get value for them, they will. I just look at this and say, you're you've you've 35 games you're not even halfway through the season and you're still five points out as bad as it looks right now and i mentioned this last week you're the team isn't ready to just throw all their 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 cards in and say all in let's just sell the farm and get as much money back as possible is it likely going to happen yes depending over the next couple weeks with guys coming back off of injury and covid and what happens to sean couturier what happens to ryan ellis you know, you might have to say, you know what? We got to give our young guys a chance. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's the key. Speaking of young guys getting a chance and this was like Cam York. I'm looking at him play over this week with San Jose and the like. And you're like, what? How did we not decide that this guy was like? Maybe he needed a little bit of seasoning down in the AHL, but he looks like an NHL defenseman tonight and, and today this week. And you kind of just like. As more defensemen come off now, unfortunately, Justin Braun was put on right as Travis Sanheim was taken off uh, the COVID protocol list. So Cam York is getting at least another week, it seems. But w- w- this is part of the frustration that you that I'm starting to have with the, the front office and the coaching. Obviously, Mike Yo isn't at fault for this entirely because 
he just joined on the, the roster a couple weeks ago, or he just became the head coach interim a couple weeks ago. Like, when you have a guy like Cam York that's making an impact in the AHL, like, just call him up. I get that your AHL team is struggling just as badly as the your NHL squad is, but the purpose of these players is to be in the NHL. Like, Cam York, for all intents and purposes, there's no business being in, in the AHL right now. So when, you, when we're talking about giving guys chances, Cam York is prime example number one. Like that's these the guy that needs to be up here, and it just seems like the organization doesn't want to commit to any to the right lane or the left lane of this entire thing. They want to say, "Well, we want to rebuild, ball also staying competitive." And you can't eat that. You can't do that and do a rebuild at the same time. It, it's not you can't have compatible. your cake and eat it too. Exactly. Right. You're, you're absolutely right, and I, I don't disagree with you, but I think that there's a a, a, a little bit of a cautionary tale. I mean, let's look at Ivan Provorov. Ivan Provorov was expected to do a lot more for this team and pretty much came right to the NHL. I think that with Cam um, Cam York, they realize they have something there. They have a guy who can quarterback the power play. They have a guy who's shown flashes of the the what he's able to do um, by doing that. But you don't want to rush him because at the end of the day, yes, you're having problems with your defenseman right now, but you're really going to put a guy in a situation where he's not going to get those minutes if you have a healthy Provorov, if you have a healthy, you know, a Sanheim, if you have Yandel's out there while he's well, yeah, not doing uh, well I'm glad you, because the, the, the buzzer word, that, the buzzer player there is Keith Yandel, who's been a statue of a player, and the only reason, the only reason that he is still in this lineup because his stupid Iron Man streak. I get its ego. I get it's nice to say that he's going to cross a thousand games uh, played at, by. I think if it's not the end of this season, it's very early on in the following season in 2022-2023. Like for all intents and purposes, I don't give a rat's ass about this Iron Man streak. If Keith Yandel is as big a liability as he has been, you're benched if you're any other player. If you're Ivan Provorov, if you're Claude Giroux, if you're Cam York, you are benched for this bullshit. And it's embarrassing that Mike Yo and the and the like and Chuck Fletcher don't have the balls to go up to Keith Yandel and say, "Yo, dude, it's it's over. You're you're a statue. You're, like he's already they're already trying to like they're already trying to compensate it by giving him only limited ice time. He had like 11 minutes of ice time in the San Jose game, I believe. Like it's a joke. Yeah, and he still we, gave up a goal. He's still, he was still exactly. on the ice for a goal. Like, why is like Keith Yandel we anticipated to be a a suitable defenseman for this team. Another quarterback for the for the power play and just an overall round over all around decent defenseman. But he's been nothing but a liability. And that's not entirely his fault because you know that he doesn't the more ice time he gets the worse he looks. And that's because Ryan Ellis has been hurt. Sanheim, all this COVID protocol crap. Like it's a miracle he hasn't been put on the protocol list. Like I, I yeah, like, right. I mean, it, he, it really is. And like I get it. It's cool to say that you made a thousand games, but once we cross it, can we just get this cut the cord and get out of this? Like I'm tired of seeing Keith Yandel on the ice. I'm over it. Yeah. How many how many minutes a game do you think he's averaging? He's got to be at like not ten or eleven at this point, like fifteen forty. Yeah, see, that's 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 so high. That's yeah, really that's high. ridiculous. He's almost playing a full period of game, and he's a liability. What do you think his plus minus is on the year? It's got to be in double digits. If it's not 100%. minus fifteen uh, or worse, yeah, it's got minus twenty one. Yeah, minus like, twenty one. It's, it's, so, it's a joke. But this is what you like, have. This, this is what you have. Analytics, even analytical scientists or whatever but scientists. That's a ridiculous term. I don't know why that came into my head. <laughs> analytic, analytic 
analytical people are going to look at that and you immediately say, why is he on the ice as much as he is? Th- this is why Cam York is in the AHL. Be- it was in the AHL because you had a guy like Keith Yandel putzing around in the NHL trying to look at me. I'm figure skating around the ice and I have an Ironman streak. I don't give a shit anymore. Go away, Keith Yandel. I'm over this. This is another signing that blew up in Chuck Fletcher's face, which is another conversation. But for the time being, get Keith Yandel off the ice. I'm over this. I don't think he blew up in his face. And here's why. I don't think that they're using Keith Yandel the way they intended to. I think they used Senate as, as a five, six, seven defenseman. And then the fact that right off the bat, Ryan Ellis got hurt. And then you have Nate Sealer, and you're gonna have Nate Sealer. You're gonna have Keith Yandel. I mean, who, by the way, guy- is paired the based on the lineup today with the uh, from Voorhees. He was paired with uh, Cam York today for tomorrow night against Carolina. So that'll be fun. Um, yeah, that will be fun. I, you know, I can't right now. This is part of the problem that we're having. Is it's not just because of the talent they have. It's because they have nobody else to play right now because of all this COVID nonsense. I mean, yeah. look at the end of the day, they're they're the NHL has completely fallen on their their face with this thing. And it's, it's not, it's not just an indictment on the, on the flyers per se, because it's happening around the league, but there are points where the league has canceled games or postponed games because of five players up because last week you have a game against the penguins on ESPN plus, but nobody could watch anyway, unless you had ESPN plus, which is complete nonsense of factor in its own. Yeah. You had, you had to put it because you already had to postpone the game against Washington. So you didn't want to lose another and piss off that. You're telling me that you'd rather put a team at a competitive disadvantage and do that to a team, uh, one of your franchises, and not even the playing field? You know, you screwed the Islanders earlier this year. They haven't, they haven't come out of that basement yet. And now you've done the same thing to the Flyers. The NHL clearly does not give a crap about its, its, its product. It cares about the bottom line with it, which is the bigger problem in this everything right now because you, you really blame the Flyers for being able to – you want to blame it on Keith Yandel. Yes, he hasn't played well, but yet again, their whole – Lehigh Valley basically shut down last week and they couldn't play against Providence because of all their COVID issues. Now you've got COVID here hitting the flyers where everybody's in and out of the lineup. You got Claude Giroux sitting in a hotel room in Anaheim, not being able to watch the game. If anybody (laughs) saw that, that that was absurd. That was ridiculous. You, you tell me that this whole thing is mismanaged and the whole point of the league wanting to postpone games and not put teams at disadvantage. So you have a team like Montreal who's got five players out and they're bottom of the basement, but you know, we're going to postpone that game. Oh, you know what? But, hey, uh, we're going to let the Flyers go, even though they got six because they're on ESPN and going against a premier team like the yeah. Penguins. So yeah, it's, 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 it's been, nonsense. It really has. And and that is an absolute fair point. But, like, I just – and it, it, what would – like, it just seems like this team is what it is. Like, whether it's, yeah. whether it's Cam York, whether it's uh, Travis Sanheim, Justin Braun in the lineup. If you have a fully healthy lineup, even with Ryan Ellis, I don't know what this team looks like other than what we've been given on the face of it. Like, yeah, they started out decent, but then they just kind of fell on their face. And you can connect that dot to the Ryan Ellis injury and say, well, is Ryan Ellis the biggest? He was the biggest acquisition this offseason. And it's blowing up in Fletcher's face. But I just like I would like to see a competitive advantage, no question about or uh, fairness, I should say. But like, there's nothing like maybe they lose to the Penguins five four or five three instead of seven one or whatever the final score was on Wednesday night on ESPN Plus. Like this team just isn't good. 
Like that that's what it really comes well, down to. I mean, yeah, they're not good when you're when your lineups in and out each night when you have guys like, you know, Max Willman and you have, you know, Kevin yeah. Kanani to pick up waivers. You have Connor Bunham and Jackson Cates, you know, Gerald Mayhew and Igor Zamula. Like, when you have guys like that in your lineup that nobody knows of, and you can't round out your bottom six. Yeah, it's your AHL you know, team. Exactly. That and that's the problem is that you've you've gotten it where this whole season was expectation of, hey, you got a guy like Ryan Ellis. We went out and got Rasmus Sister Lionel. We really invested in that defense. It was a major problem this year. Carter Hart's coming around the men. They got into a bit of a scoring slump. It's the downward spiral. They went to a 10-game losing streak, and they fire the coach. And then they go to reset and finally say, hey, you know what? We're going we're gonna to right the ship. And next thing you know, they realize they're like the Titanic, and they have hit an iceberg, and they can't do anything about it. Because next thing you know, COVID's flooding the whole goddamn team. It this whole thing has just been a disaster, but it's, it's not just, I can't sit here and fairly put this on the shoulders of Chuck Fletcher. I can't. Yeah. No, I, I, I it, agree. It, it's, it's not, it's not him. He didn't say, Hey, I'm going to require Ryan Ellis, you know, who had not really so many, he had some issues last season, but nothing lingering like this year. He didn't expect Kevin Hayes to go out and get hurt early in the season. He didn't expect a guy like Wade Allison to contribute and not be able to come back from his injury. He didn't expect all of a sudden, Hey, Hey, we're just getting healthy. We're going to fire the coach. We're going to restart. We get seven points. Next thing you know, COVID starts ravaging the team. You can't blame all that. Like, yeah. Right. As much as you want to get pissed off about it, which it is, it's infuriating. You know, as, as fans, yes, you want to watch and you want to see your team win. You want to see the team play well, but they can't do that if you don't have enough talent out there. And then the NHL turns around and says, well, we don't really care if you can only, if you can, if you can feel the roster, we're going to play anyway, because you know yeah. what? That's what matters. It's so many things that's gone wrong and it's just a carbon copy of last season, but more games we have to get through until the end of it. I mean, again, I go back to the fact that there's still only five points out of a playoff spot. If this something, but, could does, just... it, but does it feel like it's five points? Because it feels like it's seventeen. Like it's well, I mean, yeah, technically, I mean, you're sixteen points out of third place. You got to right. fight for the second wild card. When you're, when you're five it... points out of the wild card, but you're playing as bad as the Flyers are, it doesn't it doesn't matter to the to the app to myself and a, a few other people. Uh, actually, I think a lot of people that they're only five points out because they're playing okay. so shitty. Okay, like, it doesn't yes. matter. Oh, yes. Okay, but here, here's here's the question I have. This is what's going to be really interesting and see how the rest of the season plays out. Because what happens now if the NHL changes its protocols? No other team is going to run into the same problem that they've had. Now, yeah. what if they don't? This thing isn't going away. I mean, COVID's around to stay. So yeah. what if it goes and ravages a team like Pittsburgh? Or what if it ravages a team like Boston, who's got four games in hand because of all their postponements? Right. What if it ravages Washington, the Rangers? Like, what happens if it, it, it does with all these teams? Carolina, what if it hits them? You know, they don't, they're going to run on the same problem where they're going to drop points left and right. That's why it's not out of the realm of possibility for it happening, but it's just absurd that two of the premier teams, like the Islanders and the Flyers, have gotten hit the hardest and the NHL has not helped them out at all by working with them more. They're more concerned about those gate revenues and losing out on those rather than having competitive things on the ice. And it's funny because you're, you're really not even losing out on that gate revenue. You're delaying it. You're postponing Correct. it. Like It's Correct. not like you're – because you now, again, you have the Olympic weeks to make up games. You have – the, like they still want to do an all-star game. I don't know why. I, I like I said last week. If you know they, what? Let them. 
Let them. None of the flyers should go and let them all get yeah, coached. Yeah, that's true. You know, if Dan actually yeah. wants to do that and do it that way, I guarantee you, watch what happens. Something is going to happen but, at the Austin game. But they I do guarantee that, and they're going to change everything up. Exactly. They're going to change up the protocol. I mean, Carter Hart oh, that called out. Me off. Carter Hart already called out the league for that's how they're, they're doing this because you have asymptomatic players going, uh, uh, quarantining for X amount of days. I think it's still 10 in the NHL, despite what. The center of disease control has changed. Like I, like I just went through it myself. I talked about last week how I went had COVID. Like I, I had to do uh, isolation for five days, and then any day after that, as long as my symptoms were not there, I wore a mask and I walked into the. I went back into the public sphere. I went grocery shopping, all that. Like that's all I have done. Like you're telling me these players can't play. Like it, it just, it, it doesn't make sense, especially for the asymptomatic player, which according to Mike Yo and Chuck Fletcher is every one of these players, including Claude. Cause they're all vaccinated. Yes. And, and, and that's, that's what drives me nuts about this is that the NHL has not looked at this from a perspective. Look, okay. At the end of the day, uh, before I say my next statement, yes, we are still in the middle of the pandemic. Yes. The NHL is doing things to keep things safe, but until it spirals out more control for the league, when this happens more across the league, they're not going to do a goddamn thing about it. And when mm-hmm. they do, it's going to put teams at a competitive disadvantage. Mark my words, it is going to happen. Say, you know what? Oh, we've got some of our teams that are getting hit really hard. We're going to change it to five of these. So great. You got to hit the Flyers roster. You can't play for two weeks, pretty much losing out on all these points. But you're going to turn around and say, oh, you know what? Some of our better teams, it's happening to them. We're going to, we're going to turn around. We're going to change it there. I guarantee right. you that's what's going to happen. Now, granted, we're still in a pandemic. Like we're the idea is the vaccine is supposed to keep you out of the hospital. It's not supposed to prevent it from you getting it automatically. It's supposed to keep you from getting deathly ill. But here's here's what here's the whole issue with this now. And, and not to get in a COVID debate, it's it's around the stay. It's it's not going anywhere. Like people who have taken every single precaution, like yourself, have gotten it. Yeah. Like you know, and that and that's the key. You went and got boosted, and you got it a week later. Like. Yep. If you're in the NHL, you still you were still yeah. wouldn't be playing right now. And everybody's been doing that. A lot of people have been doing that, yet they can't find a middle ground and say, hey, look, we have to have some sort of exception here. It just it seems like it's not fair to the to the players, to the teams, and the fans. I mean, it's certainly going to get to that point. You talk about the the during not pre-COVID era, whatever you want to call this, like you would get flu-like slim symptoms. You would be on the IR or the injury or the just scratch list. Uh, for three days, two days, and then you're back out on the ice, and no one cares about about it because because it's the flu. We know more about it. That's that's what this has come down to. What we know, what we don't know, and we have a pretty good idea of what COVID is at this point. I think right. we can safely say that. Right. Right. So I, but the problem I just come back to is, would this team be any different? I don't know that. It's it's I it's, I it's, it's a hypothetical. It's a hypothetical. No, it's a working, we can't we can't we can we don't know because this is what we're dealt with right now. We're working fans. in we the what if. We're working in the what if, especially because we're we're talking about so so basically. You're putting you're you're blaming more the COVID in the NHL for the Flyers' woes than the talent on the roster. Correct, because a fully healthy roster of the of the Flyers, I admit, is pretty talented on paper. Yeah, there's no reason they should be not in the third place, right around third place right now. Right, no reason they would have been so, battling. They're not as good as Carolina. They're not as good as Washington, but they could have been right there with the Rangers, who yep. are kind of around the same level. Believe it or not, they really are. So, I mean, in Pittsburgh, just so you, right so, so throw. So you would hold off on a total strip down, like hundred percent. Okay, I think this would be this this would be as crazy as it sounds. 
this would be the year to put all your chips in the middle of the table and go. Claude Giroux last year in your contract. Yep. Right in it. You're right in the right there. Like, okay, either we're going to turn that corner or we're going to step backwards. All these external factors have happened the last two seasons. I'm not sitting here making excuses. They're still an NHL team. They still need to, to, to be able to win games and compete. But some of this has been out of their control. The right time to be able to do some of this stuff would have been not to have that 10-game losing streak, but they lost all their pad there because they fired Vigneault too late. So yep. that's the only really indictment I have for them is that they struck a little too late and they weren't prepared for this. So now that they needed those to, to have some points out of that 10-game losing streak to kind of pad themselves for a situation like this, they don't have that now, which means they're going to have to play like 750 hockey the rest of the way just to be able to give themselves a shot. That's not, it's not, it's not probable if you're talking the conversation now of trading Claude Giroux and Ivan Provorov. So, like, that's that's the key. They're having those conversations. But really, you have to look at this and kind of say, okay, near the deadline, where are we at with this thing? Do we really have a realistic shot of being able to climb back in here? I, I don't know about – and I'm not saying it's one player, but unless they get the defensive side healthy, they don't have a shot. Like, yeah. you can get Claude Giroux healthy. Sean Couturier is going to be out week to week. That's a huge blow for them. Just in that face alone, it might be enough to say, we're down to – we're down what our top player – our top center. We have Scott Lawton picking up top line minutes. Kevin Hayes, who with all due respect is a good player is still trying to find his way this season because of his injuries. And he's not a top line center and not just his injuries, like core strength injuries, like his entire midsection had to be essentially rebuilt from the surgery that he had. Like that, like it's right. It wasn't easy as a hockey player. You use your core constantly for everything. So, you know, your wristers, everything you're using your core when you do anything at all. So, Ryan Ellis isn't healthy. Like, you know, Rasmus Alignan has been a surprise and, 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 and been pretty good and Travis Sandheim, but you know, you, you can't, you can't run that on your top pair. So really, if you're going to look at this realistically, you have to give yourself pretty much like if you get around game 50 and you haven't made any progress and yeah, you got to start stripping it down because if you, you got to figure out where you're going here, going forward, because not only is it a problem on a hockey operations side, you know, God forbid, like, you know, the, the, anything at Comcast Spectacle, oh, my God, we're yeah, going to lose I, money. We're going to lose our thing. We we can't. But you know what? We we can't wish Ed Slater would have been his, his, his birthday last week, you know, and you know, the, the, that's going to be the bigger problem more than anything else, because the, the fans are really going to start revolting after this season. I, I guarantee I, it they don't make any major changes. Yeah, I mean, I'm shocked that the the bag to broad didn't pay. Like, I still we still use it on our Facebook page, like the hashtag, like. That does did not that lost steam within a week and a half of that movement starting. It needs to be picked up again. Like that's that leads. Thank you. You read my. It's like you knew what I was doing. It's like we have a prep sheet. Like it's it's like we have. It's like we've done a hundred episodes. Do you trust? Like that leads to. Like, it, I don't even trust Comcast Spectacor and Dave Scott to say to themselves and look themselves in the mirror when that time comes at Game Fifty that you're projecting to say to themselves. It's over. We have to strip this down. We have to approach Claude Giroux and say, give us a list of five teams. Let's see what we can do for you. Like that's what, cause you can't move Claude without his, his signature. Like that's part of his contract. He's earned that pro for whatever, see what you can get for him. Uh, like Sanheim, all of these guys are on the table for the right price at this point. Like this is what this has come down to. But at the same time, I don't know if Comcast Spectacle is going to look at that and say, yeah, we got to strip it down because 
I mean, look at their ownership era during the Sixers. I have the Sixers on in the background as we're recording this. Like they didn't, the Sixers didn't get out of their mediocrity after the 2001 NBA finals appearance until Comcast and the, the, the Comcast got rid of them and said, we're giving it to, to Ed, uh, whoever the Josh Harris, Josh Harris, like that's who committed and said, hired Sam Hinkie. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, the, the, the previous ownership in Comcast. Like that's what this is going to come down to. Listen, the, the, the fact that Comcast, this, this team is ran by people like Dave Scott and Valerie Camilla is, is, is a complete joke. It, it's an absolute joke. Like, and the thing is, is that they, they know that they can make money hand over fist because the fan base, all the respect is too loyal. Like they, yeah, they haven't, they, 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 they haven't sold out yet. And I, I can't blame them because, you know, listen, this this flyer fan base is really passionate. They're like where this is probably and it says it cliche all the time, but it's the truth. In Philadelphia, you have people who are very passionate about this fan about this team. But what they're really passionate about is the identity this team had for years. They're very passionate about the bullies, the teams in the 90s, the fact that they were always willing to go the extra mile to win. They don't do that anymore. It doesn't, it just clearly shows when one of your biggest attractions is the uh, the little Flyers logo on the big screen trying to hit the corner and you have fans yes. cheering about that during the intermission. You do it once, it's fine. But when you have it constantly going and people cheering over that, that's that's a problem because you're more concerned about the entertainment value than the actual all-nice product and people are buying into that. And it, it's, it's, it's a freaking joke because, yes, I understand sports is a business and it's about profit and money and it's entertainment. But at the end of the day, People are going to want to see this team. They're going to win, or they're going to revolt. You know, the only team that it won't happen for is the Eagles. But we saw it happen with the Phillies too. When the Phillies started their rebound a couple of years ago, they they had nobody in the stands. You know, you look on Saturday night. Yes, they probably sold a ton of tickets for the game, but nobody was in the stands. Nobody gave a crap. Yeah, you know, the Eagles were playing. Who cares? You know what I mean? You know, they were playing a meaningless game across the street, and people were still watching that over the Flyers game. So what, what's sickening to me is that this 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 franchise has lost its whole identity because of people who are more concerned about the bottom line than they are actually putting a good on ice product. They've shown that for years. They've tried their little things with going after a guy like Kevin Hayes and saying we're really close. But guess what? When it blew up on their face, they have no backup plan for it. They're not like in Mr. Snyder where he was going to go and really say this isn't working. I'm making changes now that I will not tolerate this. No, they tolerate it because you know what? Oh, we're we're again. They go with the whole mantra of well, we're not bad enough where you can't watch us, but we're not good enough where we're going to win anything, and that just keeps you repetitive, making money back and forth without anybody. They are the frigging Cleveland Browns of the, of the National Hockey League. That's what they're yeah. turning into. They're yeah. absolutely they're turning, turning into, into it. Browns. I don't know if they're there yet, but they're certainly turning into it. It like, is it, 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 a it frigging joke what this franchise turned into, and the fact. And this is what pisses me off more than anything else about this friggin' franchise is that you have Snyder Hockey putting out tweets left and right, thanking Mr. Snyder for everything he did for the city of friggin' Philadelphia, for kids who are less fortunate to get them on the ice and do everything they could to help out the youth. But you can't even put happy birthday, Mr. Snyder, on the fucking scoreboard. Are you kidding me? Fuck that. Yeah, that is absurd. That is embarrassing. There's no freaking reason why that franchise couldn't have said thank you for everything, Mr. Even even if you don't, because obviously it's a it's 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 I understand the argument. 
not argument, but the, the notion like, listen, it, it's a post human, uh, humane de- uh, birthday. It's a little it's a little weird to some people. Fine. Make today Ed Snyder Day on on your promotional thing. Yes. Like this is a much e- it's, a, yes. it's a very easy thing to do. Today is Ed Snyder Day for the Philadelphia Flyers. We're going to tell the NHL we want to have a game in our arena at home, preferably against an in-division opponent. I think that would be a nice uh, showing of respect and say today is Ed Snyder Day. We're going to whatever and do whatever. You don't have to do anything. Just call it Ed Snyder Day. Like do do the little people little commemorative something, yeah. a little commemorative like little puck or something or a picture of Mr. Snyder. Yeah, and with his all with everything his he built, yep. everything these people, these scumbags are profiting off of. Yep. He built. And yes, granted, he sold it to them. Okay. There's no denying that he sold that. His family sold away. That's perfectly fine. But you know what? There's good there goes a long way of paying respect to people who allow you to have your country club atmosphere that you're taking advantage of these fans for. And you want to sit there and gripe to other news outlets that, oh, guess what? They're just, they're just a couple people. They, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. Yes, we do know what we talk about because you know what? A lot of people grew up with the bullies. A lot of people grew up watching those fun teams in the 80s. A lot of people grew up who are listening to this podcast, l- watching those teams in the 90s and 2000s that never gave up and always had an opportunity to win. There, I can only remember in my lifetime. In my lifetime, when I started watching, there was only one year they really missed the playoffs, and that was that year they had to rebuild after the lockout. Yeah, like oh, that, oh, five, oh, six. Yeah, oh, six, oh, seven. Like oh, six, and, oh, seven. And legit, yeah, yeah. And, and legit, they. It's not like they didn't try. They really tried the year before. They they always had a chance to to put a team on the ice that had a chance to win a win a Stanley Cup, and that was because Mister Snyder cared because he wanted to win because he loved the city of Philadelphia so much. A guy that devoted so many resources to help out kids get used to the game of hockey. Now I used to coach for Snyder. So like, I understand that they have all these different ranks and not only are they doing it on the ice, they have the off ice programs. Well, Mr. Snyder built that. Okay. He built that him and a lot of people built that. And the fact that they're the only ones who say thank you to Mr. Snyder and, and proclaim at Snyder day and celebrate a man who devoted his entire life to a game and the city of Philadelphia. And who can't even acknowledge that it is absolutely sickening. This, this franchise has gotten so far away from their, from, from core values that Mr. Snyder had. It's just pathetic. And it's sometimes it really is embarrassing, not just for the all nice product, but for things like this, it's embarrassing to be a calling yourself a fan of that. Like you, you're putting your bottom line over a guy who devoted his entire life to do everything for this. It's not, city. Even, putting, it's not even putting the bottom line above uh, the founder of your organization. It's just ignoring your history. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, it, a, it, that's what I'm saying. There be, be no flyers without Mr. Snyder. None. Yeah. Like there's no profit to be made off of Ed Snyder Day if we're talking about like there it's just an acknowledgement. Like you don't have to make it, and not everything is a profit line or a money line, whatever you want to say. Like that that's just I think the different mindsets we've grown up as a society. There's a huge there's there's no shame there's no secret. Like there's a there's a difference in how millennials view it, older millennials, younger millennials, middle the pack millennials, like uh, and Gen Z compared to Boomers and Gen Xers. Like that's just the reality of the situation and why all of a sudden these because I, I I am it, it's just it, it's just a generational thing that has really uh, society has not figured out how to coincide with. I think that's I think that's how I would put it. Like they they haven't figured out how to make it fair for everybody, and that's not something that's always possible. But I think for something like this, 
It's very easy and very possible. And that's and really what it comes down to. And here's the thing. I'm not naive. The fact that I'm kind of an old head when it comes to the flyers, I mentioned a lot of teams, but those were the memorable teams. Like, and you look yeah, back, no one's going to remember these crappy teams. No, from nobody's going to remember the Claude Giroux era, except for that sucked. With all due respect, when he's traded, that's going to the last 10 years are going to say, Oh, he's one of the greatest cup captains that ever won a Stanley cup. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a guy, he's a captain that won what one playoff series that's as captain that, that actually b- brings up a, a, a point and we'll close on this like the the if we're so devoted to a, a meaningless player in the grand scheme of it back to my point about keith yandel if we're so concerned with his little iron man streak there's a part of me that thinks well what would be really cool is if we signed him for claude Giroux for another three or four years so he can break bobby clark's or uh yeah Bobby Clark's all-time point leading and goal scoring. And like Claude Giroux becomes the the guy. And look, I'm not saying he's not deserving of those Correct. records. He I agree. Is. agree. But you also have to, again, look at the overall picture of your franchise. You're letting Keith Yandel run your defense right now by harming him, harming it so he can get his little Ironman streak to a thousand games. You're going to... If if you're not going to claw, uh, if you're not going to trade Claude Giroux, the more likely scenario that I have in my mind is you're going to give him an insane deal at three or four years for like twenty seven to thirty million dollars and oh. say here you go have a good one and uh, ride out in the sunset in the next three or four years on this ridiculous contract and then break all the team records and then we'll do the rebuild. I, do, I look. I want to see Claude Giroux lift a cup more than get the point. Uh, Correct. All-time point franchise Correct. for for the Philadelphia Flyers. Like and, that's and, the bottom line. And I bet you that's his mindset too. Most of these players yeah. don't give a rat's ass about the individual records. The only player that apparently does is Keith Yandel. And here's the thing about the Claude Giroux statement I just made. Like it's going to be a shame if people look back and see what a waste of uh, around him that they were able to do. Like, look, they built yep. some decent We've teams, said we, but they we, never got the job even close to being done. They couldn't get out of the first round for a decade. We've like, said multiple times on this podcast, if they don't win a cup with Claude Giroux and they likely are not, it is one of the biggest weights of talent in Philadelphia yeah, sports history because he's been that good and people don't realize that. And now you're at a point where you're talking about trading away you know, the epitome of your franchise for the last decade, because you you have nothing else. You haven't been able to put a team enough around a part of that's the cap era. But at the end of the day. Yeah, but everyone's it, working with the salary cap. It's not like, you know, no, 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 I know. You I can't know. Go but out like, and get players like you used yeah. to. They don't move them enough anymore. And that it, it's not like they haven't tried. But it, it kills me to see that. Look, for a guy that really has given it all here in this city. And Claude has. Claude 100%. really has. He's been yep. a great captain. He's been a. The problem is, is because he's going to be affiliated with an era that has been nothing more than average. So yeah, it's really up to the fans at this point to to really decide which direction this 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 franchise needs to go in. And, and if I'm them, I I mean I yes I am a fan in general, but I look at the game a lot a lot differently than and general fans do. They, they need to be the ones to decide, okay, are, are we going to continue feeding into this? Are we going to continue rebuilding, our, buying our season tickets? Are we really going to continue buying merchandise? Are we really going to continue getting sucked in by gritty? Like, are we going to continue? Are we going to allow this? Is that more important than building a team that is going to be respected and cared for this city? You know, like, look at the Eagles a couple of years ago whether they won the Super Bowl. Yes, they had, they've been up and down a couple of years, but that team is still overall – 
people are still going to remember this era of football for the longest time because, hey, man, we were around to see the Super Bowl. Like, you know, you have guys like Jason Kelsey, heart and soul type player, very similar to Claude Giroux. People love him more than anything else because he's the epitome of Lever, but he's also won the big game. You know, Brandon Graham, same thing. And not to tie in the Eagles things, but, you know, look at the, look at the, look at the Phillies 10 years ago. We adored all those guys who were there playing. We Shane Victorino, Jimmy Rollins. Ryan Howard, all like Chase Utley. We still, we will always adore those guys. Remember that. Claude Giroux, unfortunately, we remember the bullies because Bobby Clark, Bill Barber, Bernie Perrant, Gary Dornup, they all won cups here. But yeah. Now, we, when you think of a guy like Claude Giroux, who really did really well, he'll fall on like a Randall Cunningham. They go, oh, Randall was a special weapon, but he can never he, get the job. They never no, want a playoff game. Yeah, he's going to be Eric Lindros. Like that, that's how I like Eric Lindros. Yeah, is that's belo- a fair assessment, actually. Like Eric yeah. Lindros it took forever to get back to being beloved in Philadelphia because I of don't the think in- Claude will ever be not beloved. That's just saying is that I think I, I think he will be not disrespected. I think some people will try and disparage him. I think a good, maybe not the majority, but it will feel like the I think vocal people are minority. That, Lindros left here on a bad note. If Claude gets traded, that's yeah. not on him. I, I don't think that's what I'm saying. This situation is a little bit different than Lindros. Lindros, yes, people love him again. And, Claude, and someday people come in and say, wow, Claude was so good. It's a really shame they couldn't build a better team around him. Yeah, because you'll look around the, the play. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that that's where this is heading, unfortunately. I, you know, it's, it's 100%. It's, 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 it's if this team were still ran by a guy like Mr. Snyder, they'd be a perennial Stanley Cup contender year in, year out with a player like Claude Giroux, but they, yes. they never, it never you, happened. It never will. And never, it's going to, you have Dave Scott who really doesn't know anything about hockey, but he's the, a hockey guy. You have Ali Camilla, who's, who's a business operation for the Washington Nationals during their worst years. But hey, let's bring her in and let's her run the franchise. The, yeah. The, the, the plan when Claude signed that eight year deal back in 2010, 2011 was way different. To, or I guess he'd sign it in 2012, but the, the pl- oh yeah, yeah I can't do math. <laughs> yeah, you this, can't. Is, this is why I'm in podcasting. Brain. This is why I'm in <laughs> podcasting radio. Uh, but like the plan that they had for when he signed that eight year deal was way different than what has for come to fruition. Like the plan for that was something that we never got to see, and we never will. Like that's it, it is come and gone. It is gone. It is over. And now you just kind of got to fit. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place on what you got to do. Because on one hand, you're five points out. Like you've been saying, you're five points out. You get a good five-game good win streak, and you're right back in the thick. Like just a five-game win streak. That yeah. sounds like a lot, especially this week upcoming with Carolina and, and the Rangers and, and, and good opponents. But like in one hand, you're five points out. In the other it feels like you're 18,000 points out. You're yeah. out 18 points. Yeah. Like you said, you're 17 points or 16 points out of third place in the in the Metropolitan. So yeah. those are the two things you're trying to balance here. And you're also in the middle of it at the end of the era of Claude Giroux because the contract is up at the end of the season. Yep. So think like we're looking at, you're, we're 35 games in. We're, we're, we're talking 40, about trading Claude Giroux 35 talking, games in the season. We're talking about Cla- trading Claude Giroux, but we're also... 43 some odd game, 42 or 40, 44 some odd games away from the end of the era of Claude Drew. Like it's it, that's it. Like it's over. Cause, cause I, th- there's, there's a part of me that doesn't want him to resign. That doesn't want th- the flyers to resign, whether what Claude wants to resign or not, but it's all going to come back to, well, the individual records. And it's just, it's, it's not, it's not a fun situation. And there, there's it, nobody I can, I trust in the organization right now 
to navigate it. I don't even and, trust. And, and I don't even trust Fletcher. I don't even trust Fletcher. Like I I, I, Fletcher I, really knows what to do at this point. I don't not that he does either, but I, 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 there's no reason for me to trust Fletcher right now. That's that's really what it comes I still down. think you put way too much on on uh, on Chuck Fletcher. I just think that this a lot of this is out of his control. But he made the, the sign. Well, okay, yeah, but with COVID and the injuries, and sure. that's what I'm saying. A lot of it, I think you're being a little bit unfair to him. And I, I honestly believe it's not that. It, I think Chuck Fletcher's really stuck at a hard side because I think Chuck Fletcher's really played the chess piece as well. Just someone's playing the Queen's Gambit and 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 screwing him, up and, and he's got everything falling yeah, and and true in, in his lap. I, my my bigger problem with this is is more or less the way that the franchise has decided to go about operating and they're operating. Everything is just fine. Like business wise, like, Hey, you know, like let's do all these little things. Let's go out. And, you know, they were so close. I think from really turning the corner here and last season was more of a hiccup and they'd started out. Okay. And it just, I, this, it's just frustrating to see that. Hey, look, this, this team has gone so far backwards in multiple areas, COVID everything related, everything is relative. Everything's all related. It just, it feels like a shell of itself in time. And, but the, here's the key. <laughs> there are only five points out of a playoff spot. Yeah. We're acting like the sky is falling. I guarantee you, Chuck Fletcher's looking at that and saying, if we can get healthy, we can turn this thing around. He's right. And he's right. So as much as we want to sit here and have a whole episode about talking about the implications of trading Claude Giroux or Ivan Provorov, there, there's still a little bit of time before that happens. Those deals are going to happen. But there's going to be a time before they decide, okay, are we going for the rebuild? Are we going to try to get new assets and try to redo this thing? And where do we go from here? And also the fact the business side of it's like, okay, well, what's better for dollars? Is it better for us to keep a guy like Claude Giroux, try to work out a deal and Ivan Provorov and stay in this era of mediocrity and try to build around it or really just pull the bottom out, drain the well and fill it back up again? I don't know where they're really at, but they're going to look at this saying, right now we're five points out. We can't worry about that right now. We got to try to get help yeah. and get back. I, especially Fletcher. I think you're right. I think that's I think that's what he's thinking. We're not going to know to the direction this team wants to go until they 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 move Giroud. If they move Giroud, that's one thing. Let's be honest. If they move Giroud, yeah, it's it, one it, thing. It, it will if they move Giroud like... and Pro Rob, it's over. It's yeah. over. It's it, it's, over. it's Carter Richards. Or, yeah, it, it's Richards and Carter again. Yeah, you're you're rebuilding the court. That's what That's it what will feel doing. like. You're going out to get draft because you're not. People are going to think, oh, you should be able to get a first round draft pick for Claude Drew. Yeah, you're not getting a first round draft pick. You're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get a mid round pick, probably a second or third, and probably a, a prospect that if exactly. is really really ready to um, give up on because a, they're going to try to push for the cup. Yeah, a very mid-tier prospect, very yeah. mid tier prospect, or just mid tier player that. Just, I, I wouldn't say mid-tier player. There'll be someone who's guy who's, who's who's not quite ready for the NHL, but it'll be a high-level prospect. They're yeah. going to look for a prospect, not a first. I don't think they're going to gamble on a, a, a first-round pick from a team that's competing for a cup is worthless. For yeah, it's part. worthless because so you, you need, need a high prospect that's not yeah. in their roster yet. That's like, man, we got to give this guy up to go get a guy like Claude Giroux. Or you that's look at going to look for. Or you look at maybe like a risky club that's re- trying to make a push. Maybe like maybe. A Detroit, like they're right in the thick of it, kind of like you could maybe, yet. but they're not exactly. They're not Claude ready. Drew is yet. a guy you but, get to, to get you over to get to a final. Yeah, but you could also try and negotiate it in a way and and say to Detroit, like, hey, listen, talk to Claude if he's willing to commit to you for two or three years. Here's the contract. Here's what we'll take from you, and you go from there. Like that is something that you could theoretically try and work out but again it's it, it, there's too many moving parts in a trade like that 
Like that's as, as a like there's too many gears moving that have to con- that have to form together. Otherwise, it, it, it all falls apart. So well, you got it. It has to be a team that's ready to win it or or bust like that. Yeah, that's really what it comes you're down looking to. at. It like in the West, first of all, you're going out West. You're not you're not a team at beast is not going to offer enough for that. You're yep. going to team like St. Louis who are you know what? They that might be another piece. They, they won a couple years ago. But that might be a piece for them. Calgary is just a team where. You know, yeah. they're, they're hanging on, but you know, they're, they're also, they, they might be like, okay, that need, that's the guy who's going to get us over the top. Like Vegas is already cashing their chips with Eichel when they, he gets good that they're going to be a final, but here's a weird one. And this is going to sound strange Edmonton because uh, Edmonton, yeah. Edmonton's Edmonton's like, they're, they're a couple points out. They're a point out of a wild card spot. They're not even, they're not even really challenging in their, in their division right now. So like they're, they're outside looking in. I mean, you're going to try to get Connor McDavid over the top. Or you're going to give up for it. They have no defense. They have no goaltending. So why would you go there? What's the best chance? I, it's going to come down when we get closer. This thing is okay. Where's it going to go? Where's the best chance he's going to have to win a Stanley cup? Where is a team that you go out and you give a high prospect up for a guy like Claude Giroux to get you over to win a cup? Colorado might be a team like that too, but if they don't have the cap space, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, you know, you get like a guy like, I don't know. You trade like a Claude Giroux and a Provorov for like a Kale McCarr, sign me up. Like, yeah. you know what I mean, it's not going to happen, but I'm saying if you can get a player <laughs> like that, you know, sign me up. Um, still, <clears throat> excuse me. Those are conversations we need to have in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But right now, I think <laughs> with this schedule coming up this week, Carolina, they have Boston and they have the Rangers. Yeah. Game we're going to next Saturday. Again, you know, uh, yeah. So uh, with that, uh, but. It, it, it's you, you they still they still have a chance in this thing and i don't think the team is going to be really to give them until they know they're out of it because look even 18 19 when they were fired hextall and hackstall and they had scott gordon they made a push and yeah, they that did. really big game against dallas but they just they were done after that so like they were really in there to the last like four or five games of the season so they were mathematically eliminated so they're there's they're not they're not done they're it's not looking good no but they're not, not done they're not yeah. done so yeah. All right. That is going to do it. This has been episode 100. We thank you so much. It couldn't have been done without you, fine listener, uh, for subscribing to the podcast, spreading the word on the podcast, following us on all the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff, YouTube. We thank you so much. Uh, like Scott just said, we are going to the game uh, on Saturday against the Rangers, Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Uh, if you want to meet up with us, shoot us an email, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com. Love to meet you. Shake some hands. Kiss some babies. Well, not kiss. It's COVID. Uh, <laughs> just see you guys around there. Let us know if you're going to the game uh, and, and going to suffer with us. I mean, that's really what it, we're going to go to the game and suffer. And they'll probably pull out an upset for all this. They're going to get a win this week somewhere. And it's just going to annoy the crap out of me, but also make me very happy. So we'll see. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Again, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com uh, and on Twitter and Facebook at obackcheck. Give us a follow, five-star review, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. We will talk to you in two weeks. We're taking off next week. Are we? <laughs> <laughs>